0: Digital Marketing Radio, episode 232 iOS 14, Apple versus Facebook, and the impact on advertisers and publishers.
1: Digital Marketing
0: Radio with David Bain. (laughs) Hi, I'm David Bain, and this is Digital Marketing Radio, the show for in house, agency, and entrepreneurial marketers who want to stay on top of the latest tools, tactics, and trends shared on this very show by today's Modern Marketing Masters. Now, Apple and Facebook are fighting again. This time, it's over ads and user privacy. Apple is rolling out its iOS 14 updates with a privacy change that could result in Facebook experiencing a significant cut in its advertising revenue. Today, we're discussing what impact this has on you as an advertiser or as a publisher and what you need to do about it. Joining me today to discuss that is a man who's been a leader in the online ads industry for the last 20 years. He's a former head of biddable media at Cheap Flights, and the current CEO of Spades Media and the founder of Elite Media Buyers. Welcome to DMR, Jim Banks. Hi, David. Good to be here. Good to have you here. Well, thanks for joining us, Jim. You can find Jim over at EliteMediaBuyers.com. So, Jim, what's happening here? What issues do Facebook have
1: with iOS 14? So, I, I think the first the first thing to say, David, is that Facebook and Apple, unlike a lot of these companies, these big kind of tech companies, they don't really like each other, right? I mean, I've been sort of listening to um, to kind of Facebook's view on how Apple are dealing with things um, really since sort of like last summer, right? I think it was sort of June, they started um, it, rolling out some of these changes that they were kind of putting in place. And I think, um, you know, I think it, it's been like very, very apparent that they really don't like each other. And I think in some respects, it's it's almost like as, as much as, yes, it's about privacy, right? And privacy is important right? And, it, and, and you know, Apple are not the only people that are kind of trying to do something about this. I mean, um, you know, Google and, and consortium are trying to do something called a federated learning of cohorts to try and sort of, um, you know, make it so that, that people are no longer um, sort of being able to be targeted at such a granular level, right? But advertisers still can kind of do some degree of targeting. So there's a lot of work being, being done by um, a consortium that includes Google, but it also includes other people. Um, and I think really kind of Apple has, have sort of been sitting out on their own in isolation. And as much as people think this kind of Facebook versus Apple and iOS 14 is the only kind of thing that is is actually um, an issue, really it's, it's kind of like it's a much bigger, longer term issue. I mean, Chrome are changing their sort of uh, – and I think really what the, the idea behind it is it's really – the death of the kind of third-party cookie, right? I think that's that's really where uh, ultimately all of these changes are, are heading. And it's really just a case of how big tech companies um, can actually um, provide a, a, an experience that's good for a user, it's good for them, and it's good for the advertisers and the publishers. So kind of like there's four components that kind of make up the experience, and they're trying to find something that's good for all four components, right? And unlike... Um, you know, Google have been talking to other people. They've been talking to advertisers, talking to publishers, talking to, you know, other other sort of, um, you know, marketing partners, right? Really kind of um, Apple have been doing this completely on their own. They haven't really been talking to anyone. And I think that's probably why Facebook took as much umbrage as they have with this kind of rollout with the iOS 14 kind of update that, you know, I think it's sort of. It's, it's gone in stages and I think the next stage is due to take place sometime, they call it in early spring, right? So that should really be probably sometime, um, I would guess next month. I mean, I have heard the date of the 22nd of March bandied around, but you know, again, it's like it could be uh, pushed back. I mean, who knows? It's a bit yeah. like, you know, the lockdown and tears, and who knows what's going to happen, really.
0: So just for historical context, we're recording this on the 24th of February uh, uh, 2021, and what's happened recently is Facebook um, have, um, in Australia, um, decided not to display the... um, Content from the the various news companies there, and then they've done a, a back turn on that. Uh, so we, we've certainly seen a lot of tech companies um, flexing muscles recently. Do you, do you have any opinions as to who's in the right or who's in the wrong about um, what's happening between Facebook and Apple at the moment?
1: Yeah, so I I, th- I think that the thing is, I think if Apple had said we're concerned about privacy, right, and you know, and left it at that, fine. But they said we're concerned about privacy, and then they said people need to switch their browser to kind of use Safari. And they said that really, if you want to kind of like get news, you should use Apple News, right? And and really all they've done is all the suggestions that they've made around privacy have been to do with switching kind of like your allegiance to Apple-related products, right? And in some respects, again, if you look at it, they're, they're, they're big public traded companies, right? They have a kind of obligation to shareholders. They, they have an obligation to kind of grow their revenue base, right? And if you think about kind of where they've gone with the, the iPhone, right? They've kind of, I mean, again, I don't know where they can go with the kind of the evolution of the telephone technology, right? I mean, it's mm. kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that regardless of what changes they make, as soon as they come out with a new iPhone, they'll get one right? But it's almost like it seems to have gone from small devices to big devices, and now they're going back down to small ones, right? <laughs> and then they've got these sort of ones that you flip in half and, and everything else. But again, I think the evolution of that is, is coming to an end, right? And they've gone, well, where, where is our next kind of big chunky revenue going to come from? And I think they're, they're obviously seeing that in the ad space, and they're also seeing that in terms of revenue from the app store, right? And I think that's really what they're trying to do is they're trying to sort of almost like force the uh, the conversation in favour of them.
0: It would certainly be interesting to have a lengthy conversation about Apple's strategy, whether or not it's actually trying to keep people in its ecosystem. I've heard stories like um, them not willing to bring in other default messenger apps, uh, apart from their own in uh, iOS as well. But that, that's probably a lengthy conversation in itself. So let, let, let's talk about iOS 14 specifically and what's happening between Apple and Facebook and the impact, obviously, that's having on advertisers and publishers. So sh- shall we start on publishers, first of all? Uh, what, what kind of impact is this going to have on publishers?
1: Yeah, so I, I, again, I think I think the way that sort of publishers historically, I mean, some of the changes that, that have, have been sort of like, talked about have been um, already kind of rolled out, right? So I think, um, you know, again, like the, that there is a massive kind of, um, you know, developer base of people that have developed apps and they use Facebook as a kind of means to monetize their app proposition. And that's quite often done through um, in-app purchases or subscriptions, you know, or people, you know, tearing up and and leveling up in, in, um, you know, games and things like that. Right. And again, it's like if they're losing the ability to kind of track at a granular level where people have got to in a particular experience, their ability for them to be able to, you know, personalize the experience and monetize it. Is going to change right so i think what what is effectively happening is they're moving from you know this sort of hyper hyper granular kind of targeting capabilities that that you know really i think a lot of advertisers and publishers have kind of done well from right to this it's much more kind of it's going to be aggregated now right it's going to be delayed so again you're not going to get data in real time it's going to be delayed right because again if you think about it if if they know in real time what is happening, then they can actually say, well, that's actually David playing on his iPhone in the toilet or whatever it might be, right? They'll know who you are. So what they're actually doing is they're going to delay it between towards the the kind of the firing of conversion events between sort of 24 and 72 hours, right? And it's gonna be random. um, And they're only going to really pass back the kind of the most important conversion event, right? And that's on both the advertiser and the publisher side, right, So, so obviously, on the publisher side of things, their ability to um, to kind of monetize will will need to change, right? And they well they may well need to kind of um, look more uh, at kind of in app purchases as the way in which they can kind of monetize their their experience rather than what they've had sort of historically.
0: Okay, got you. So perhaps Apple again driving people in, further into their ecosystem, including publishers as well as users themselves. Yeah. What about then? the future strategy of advertisers is is this going to impact the way that advertisers actually currently conduct campaigns
1: yeah so so i think the um the ability for people to kind of do granular targeting is is going to to kind of change right so um if people opt in so so what's happening is is that that um they're going to have to kind of like um when when they when Facebook sorry when Apple put this push this next um, mechanism out I can't think what it's called ATT I think is the kind of the, the shortened version whatever ATT is okay. um, but basically is is it app app tracking transparency that's it yeah um, so so yeah so so what will happen is is that that people will have the option to opt in. Because right? historically, all of these sort of um, mechanisms have been opt out. So people can say, hey, you know what? I don't want you to track me. Whereas now people actually have to expressly give an app permission right, for them to, to be tracked at a kind of granular level. And if people opt- actually say, no, I don't want that, right, then you cannot track those people. They, you won't be able to kind of include them in audiences and everything else. So what will happen is, is that your ability to create um, audiences that are sort of hyper granular, Will diminish, right? So the audience sizes that you have will be smaller, right? The 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 days of you being able to kind of optimize to certain conversion events. So again, it used to be you could optimize to somebody viewed your homepage, or somebody downloaded an ebook, or somebody um, you know added a product to the cart, somebody initiated a checkout, mm-hmm. right? Or somebody made a purchase. Those all of those could be sort of treated as a conversion event, and you could optimize campaigns towards those what will happen now is that you'll actually only be able to optimize to one event, right? So you have to kind of choose which is, it's almost like you have to kind of choose which one of your children you want to save, right? right? It's it's like there's going to be sort of one conversion event that you can optimize on, right, and get reported on, right, and everything else is going to be just kind of like aggregated. So, you know, they're going from kind of granular kind of reporting and, and attribution to not very granular reporting at all, and a lot of guesswork. What would this mean for retargeting? Because um, obviously if
0: someone hasn't made a purchase, um, they may have done something like add a product to a cart or spent a certain length of time on your website to indicate that they're perhaps a likely customer in the future and you want to do a retargeting campaign, but your main call to action that you're... Tracking, i.e., a sale, is 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 not what you're tracking. That user is doing. So, so will it
1: impact um, retargeting in any way as well? Yeah, it'll, it'll impact it dramatically. And and obviously, the only people that you'll be able to to remarket to are the people that are not on iOS. And I think a lot of people are confusing. They think iOS is just the the kind of the mobile and like iPads, right? But but the way that that Facebook Facebook had the choice, they could either kind of like not show this, this um, you know, this ATT prompt, right? Or they could actually continue to kind of collect the IDFAs, which is the kind of the, the, the device ID for um, iOS devices, right? But they that kind of applies that then means that it applies across all devices. So it's not just the activity that happens on iOS devices. It's it's basically all devices. So so even if people are doing web based um, activity, this this kind of change will also impact that as well. And I think that's the certainly when, when I've been reading, this has been the biggest kind of. Um, Thing that I've disagreed with most of the people that are talking about this is that they think this is only going to apply to iOS devices. So it's only gonna they say it's only going to be like seven or eight percent of my traffic. So it's no big deal, right? This is a huge, huge issue, right? Mm. Because this this will impact your ability for all devices. So the only people that you'll be able to remarket to will be people who are on Android devices and also people who are opted in, right? Which again at this particular point in time, it's a bit of a coin toss as to what that number is, right? It could be very low, it could be very high. It really depends. I mean, if they, I think what they're trying to do is they're jockeying to see whether they can use different wording, right? Because I think the the Apple wording is very kind of smack you in the face, and I think Facebook want to use something that's a little bit more, you know, um, we want to kind of like again, what what they want to say is if we don't if we don't allow you to opt in. Right. Publishers will probably, again, I think the, the, the upshot will be if people opt out, right, what will happen is that publishers will need to find a different way to monetize their app, which will probably be in-app purchases. And like the people, the things that people are getting for free now, right, news and everything else, they'll probably have to start paying for. Right. So ultimately, I think the end user, the end user in all of this is the person, uh, the, the, the party that will probably lose out the most. Right. I think the end user is going to be the people that all, that all of the the kind of the nonsense between Facebook and Apple is going to be passed on to the end user, who's going to end up paying for things that they kind of rely on for free now. Which It's like the, the Facebook um, in Australia, you mentioned it kind of earlier on. Yeah. It's like if, if, if ultimately Facebook and, and News Corp have to sit down and negotiate a rate for Facebook to pay News Corp for the news that they have, right? That money is not just going to come from like the ether. That's going to have to be come. That's going to have to come from somewhere, mm. right? So they're going to have to be a little bit sort of mindful about how they actually, um, you know, how they actually monetize it. And I, again, I think if you look at it, we're we're all almost like I know that we are in a bubble at the moment, but it's like I think Facebook are desperately kind of worried that once the pandemic ends and people come out of lockdown, that their reason to kind of stay at home and be on Facebook will <laughs> disappear. I think I think a lot of people are. Um, predicting that once the, the kind of the pandemic ends that the daily average use on facebook will diminish like a lot right i think that the kind of the daily average users will will plummet right because i think again i think a lot of people kind of checked out certainly in america they checked out of facebook because of all the political advertising mm. and nonsense that was going on there um you know it's become a platform that they I think doesn't really kind of resonate with people and I think a lot of people have switched to TikTok and they switched to switch to Snapchat and obviously switched to Clubhouse so
0: so you uh, it talks about the users perhaps being the ones that lose out in the end and is it not just particularly annoying though for users to to visit a web page and every single time they visit a new website they see a pop-up to say you know Allow cookies or or these new um, tracking mechanisms that um, uh, Apple are talking about there as well. Is that
1: not just bad for user experience? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think again. I think you know if if you think about it. I mean, like I'm actually one of these people. If if I have the option of accepting cookies and getting a personalised ad experience versus getting an ad experience that's not personalized, I'll take the personalized ad experience every time, right? Because then mm-hmm. that way, right, I'm going to get something that will be more relevant to my interests rather than just random ads. It's like the, the ads are not going away, right? That's not, that you know, the ads are still gonna be there, right? So the, the best thing that I think we as users could do is just accept the personalized ads because it helps to keep the internet free, right? A lot, of the, like I said, a lot of the, the, the kind of tools and services that we rely on now, right, Ultimately, if we don't kind of um, you know address this properly, we could end up having to pay for things that um, you know that we we can get get for free now. Yeah. Right. Again, I, I pay a subscription to Medium, right? Um, and and really, that's that's probably the only sort of news source that I pay kind of for, for um for my for my news. But again, I mean, there, there was a lot of hoo ha in the the pandemic because you know sites that were providing kind of um, you know important information to the public. We're going, hey, you know, this is kind of behind a paywall. If you want to read this article about which hospitals are open for this, right, you have to kind of pay money. And it's just like, well, no, I've got somebody that's ill here. I need to take them to hospital, you know, and I need the, the information to kind of be readily available. So, so
0: just back to what you were talking about a second ago um, in relation to retargeting, will it then be the case that in the future that um, you won't fire a script, a tracking script on every page in your website and it'll only be necessary and, um Best practice to fire a script on the 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 pages or the steps that you wish to track.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think what will happen, David, is it, that eventually, I, I'm not sure what time frame. I mean, this may well be when kind of Google rolls out its um its kind of flock or turtle dove or whatever they're kind of calling it when they implement their kind of solution for Chrome. Right. I think what you will probably find is that they will be trusted trusted third parties that will have scripts that kind of sit server side that will mm. fire the information that needs to happen, right? It's, it's really just a case of, you know, it, it, the information will be important to kind of say, well, this is a returning customer, right? But we need to be able to kind of have a way to protect people's information without it being, you know, this is, you know, David, he's this age, he's this gender, he lives in this area, he earns this money, he drives this car, you know, he's got this many children, all that sort of stuff. I think a lot of that will kind of go away. And I think what will probably happen is that on websites themselves and in apps, there will be no tracking codes per se. But what will happen is that on the server side, that the, the kind of codes will be able to say, you know, based upon this random ID and this random ID and this random ID, we can kind of say that this person is in this bucket, right? And again, they'll they'll, they'll have the ability for you to be able to, um, to put you in a bucket without actually knowing that it's you that is being put in that bucket.
0: So is there anything that advertisers need to do right now to change the way that they're going about running their campaigns? Or is it a case of actually just sit and, and, and wait to see what happens and be prepared to change over the coming months and years?
1: Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's definitely some suggestions that Facebook recommend that, that people take. And one of, the, one of the first things that they need to do is to verify the domain that they use for their ads, right? Because, you know, effectively you can have Uh, A certain number of events per domain or per per ad account, but it's also per domain, right? So you know if you're running, um, and and again, this is probably more uh, more of an issue when you have businesses that are kind of enterprise businesses that have maybe you know seven or eight different. you know different countries that they might send traffic to so again it like like as an example so you mentioned like when i worked at cheap flights so cheap flights we had um stuff running in south africa we had stuff running in canada and if people were in canada um and they saw one of our, our kind of pages in in the uk we would re- redirect them to the the uk site and obviously each if if you have one domain only the domain that you have so in in that case it would be cheapflights.ca that's the only domain that that Facebook would basically say, "Well, we're only going to track information for that domain." So it's important that you you kind of structure your campaigns properly um, to make sure that that the the you know the events that you're able to kind of track are tracked correctly, right? And again, they they put it in in every ad account. They've added a resource center, uh, and if you go in there, you the, you know the the instructions will be there in terms of what steps you need to take, right? And definitely the things that you can be doing like right now are you know verifying the domain um checking that the the there's no sort of um domains that, that are not the ones that you want to kind of fire your pixel are in it right and um and again i would probably suggest that you you kind of create either a whitelist or a blacklist depending on whether there's more of one than the other to kind of say well this is the only domain that i want to kind of track in that particular account and the other thing I would sort of suggest is that obviously we're, we're moving away from having lots and lots of choices in terms of attribution windows, right? I think, again, if I, if I was an agency that was was relying on Facebook's data for my remuneration, I'd be really worried at the moment, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously, you know, all the, all the conversions that happen when people leave Facebook and go somewhere else, Right, Facebook will still claim credit for those under the current rules. And all of those sort of like third party um, sites that people visit, Facebook will just stop tracking those by by virtue of this um, sort of aggregated and and sort of the way the the kind of configuration is going to be done.
0: So going back to domains, um, if you're working for a big international firm with maybe 50 different country sites, would you, and and they were maybe thinking of re- redeveloping their website. Would you actually pr- be tempted to suggest that they move to a .com to to cover all, all all countries and then simply redirect the the country domains to a folder on the .com?
1: Yeah, because I think I think what what's happened with a, with a lot of uh, businesses is that they've ended up with like you know multiple business managers and multiple agencies managing their accounts, mm-hmm. right? And it's going again. I think they need to kind of you know, trim down a lot of the kind of the excess fat that they got on their their um, business manager account structure and make it sort of, that it's pretty lean and, and kind of, um, and and pretty mean, right? And again, I think on developers.google.com, they did a, a kind of webinar just a couple of days ago where they talked about the kind of the way in which you, you should try and configure those sorts of situations. So again, if you're an enterprise business that, um, you know, that, that has that kind of complexity of multiple... Either multiple, you know, lines of business or business business managers, you know, multiple agencies, you need to be a little bit more careful about the way in which you structure it because you'll run out of um, the ability for you to be able to kind of track the things that you want to track pretty quickly.
0: Great stuff. Okay, well, let's segue to part two of our discussion. So it's now time for Jim's thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. So starting off with secret software. So Jim, share a lesser known Martech tool that's bringing you a lot of value at the moment and why that tool is important for you.
1: So, so the tool, the tool that I I use a fair a fair bit and I and whenever I talk to people they go oh, I didn't realize that you could use that it's, it's again it's probably I say it's a marketing tool but but Hemingway right so Hemingway um is like a, a sort of an app that I use that helps me to kind of write better quality words right so what it will do is it will take a, a, a particular phrase or sentence and it will um, make suggestions so it's you know, it, it will make suggestions for ways in which you can kind of rework things, right? So, um, so, so again, like if 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 your writing style is too wordy, it will make suggestions as to how you can kind of make it smaller, and it will kind of give you adjectives to remove and you know, uh, change tenses and things like that. So for me, it's been really helpful. Whenever I've written stuff, I'm like, I'll just throw that into Hemingway, and it will come up, come up with some good suggestions as to kind of what you can do to uh, to kind of make it. Um, more readable for the audience that you intend it to be read by.
0: Sounds like a great tool. I haven't tried it out yet. So I, I love hearing about tools that I haven't tried yet as well. But um, let's move on um, from something that you currently use to something that you're going to use. So next on the list, what's one marketing activity or tool that you haven't tried yet, but you want to test soon?
1: So this is this is a good plug for, for our friend uh, Dixon. So in links, I've been talking to uh, Dixon and in links is definitely something that I think would be um, beneficial for 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 my business and also for my clients.
0: Great stuff. Okay, yeah, you can find um at Dixon's site over at inlinks.net and um I host a monthly show for them um as well, so you can find that over. It's nice over, to see over him over back blog. up
1: on his feet as well, right? Oh, absolutely. It had... was
0: scary what happened to him. He came off his mountain bike and he's um cr- cracked his um um pelvis, didn't he? And um it was um, Yeah. he wasn't sure as to, you know, what that would mean in terms of his ability to walk in the future, but he's just doing so well at the moment. So, great to see. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the this
1: or that round.
0: So this is the quick
1: response round. I hate I hate this round. Whenever I've seen anything but anyone else, I'm like, oh no, not that one. But we'll go.
0: And I don't know. We'll go. I definitely don't prep people on these uh, ten quick questions. <laughs> two, just two rules here: try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So use it wisely. Are you ready to go? Okay, I am. TikTok or Twitter? Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn? Facebook. YouTube or podcast? YouTube. Traffic or leads? Leads. Paid search or SEO? Uh, paid search. <laughs> ads or influencers? Ads. Google ads or Facebook ads? Both. <laughs> Email Sh- or chat? I just said it once,
1: right? Once, yeah. Yeah, exactly, Sorry. yeah.
0: Email or chat? Email. Martech stack? Or all-in-one platform?
1: All-in-one platform.
0: And one-to-one or scale? Scale. (laughs) We got there. And obviously Google ads or Facebook ads was the biggest challenge there. So is that because... You, you try and use them both for most companies that you work for or they're right for different situations? And, and maybe if you can give an example of what situation is better for each platform.
1: Um, I, I, would, I would definitely say budget permitting. If they have the ability to kind of run on both, I think they should. I think, again, I think um, there, there are a lot of like Facebook only agencies. And to me, I think we're missing opportunities if that's the kind of model that people were employing. Because again, I, I look at it and go, there are the, the people that, that you are trying to target are not spending their entire life in the Facebook ecosystem. Again, even though here in the UK yesterday, um, and in Canada, the, the kind of Facebook have, have pushed out uh, Facebook shops, which gives you the ability to kind of buy products on Facebook without actually having to leave the Facebook ecosystem. But again, there's there's kind of a lot of people have had conversations about, you know, buying stuff on Amazon and that obviously ties you to kind of one brand which which isn't good. Um, but I think again, I think a lot of people may start their their kind of journey at the sort of top of the funnel by you know doing a, a sort of a more holistic kind of search in maybe Google. They may go onto Facebook, you have the ability to kind of retarget to them again, currently, right? That may all change with the, the kind of the new rules as they kind of come out, right? But currently you can kind of retarget people who have seen an ad on Google in Facebook. Equally, you can retarget people that have um, seen an ad on Facebook in Google, right? So, I think if you're not if you're not sort of following the breadcrumb trail of where people end up, right, then you know you're missing out on opportunities to um, to kind of kin- continue a conversation that you may have started on one platform and f- sort of. Con- conclude it on another.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. If you're a Facebook
1: only um, agency in terms of Facebook ads, is, is all you do in terms of helping clients out? Yeah, and I, th- I think the thing is, David, it's it's like um, you know, the reason that the Facebook ad agencies don't really care is because of the way the Facebook pixel and and SDK attributes the sale, right? Even if they convert on Google, right, by typing in a particular search term, right facebook will still claim credit for that sale right but but ultimately if you think of it from an attribution perspective right facebook should not be getting all the credit for that sale because they were not the only channel that converted that particular visitor into a sale right Mm. so if you don't actually distribute your um the money that you've got collected from a sale kind of correctly then you'll end up kind of rewarding one channel all the time and punishing the other right so you'll you know if you if you just say we're going to give all the credit to um to to Facebook, then ultimately what will happen is people will just say, Google's not working for me, I'm going to switch it off.
0: Are you a fan of a particular type of attribution model?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, if if you have the data volume sufficiently, again, like Facebook attribution is a great tool, great product, we use that a lot. Also, Google attribution is a good tool, we use that a lot as well, and it gives us the ability to actually look at the different models that are available. Right in 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 the Google ecosystem, um, if if they if you've got enough conversion data for you to have a data-driven attribution model, then that's definitely the one that we would would like to see. Right, failing that, we we prefer a linear model. Um, you know, I don't like last last click. I don't like first click. Right, mm. linear just kind of rewards each each step in the journey, kind of like in a in an equal proportion. So if there were five touch points, so let's say it was a Google search, YouTube ad, display. Um, you know google search each gets 20% of the conversion value rather than you know all all of the uh, conversion value getting attributed to the last touch point um, and in facebook again like you know we we've always kind of um, erred on the side of caution so we've always kind of gone uh, either 7 or 1 day click right which again some people go well that's that's you know you're you're missing out on sales it's like well no it, i mean in most cases the clients that that we work with right if they're selling product then you know, typically the, the conversions, you know, 80, 90% of the conversions take place within that sort of first day, right? So if you're running a 28-day conversion window, right, then, you know, it's typically going to be two or three touch points that will get people over the line, not that first one, right? So if, I think, you know, if you're, if you're sort of like leaving the kind of the, the clock running all that time, then you're going to give credit to that first touch point rather than, the, the sort of the third or fourth touch point if it, if it's taking place 25 days after the event.
0: There's a conversation in
1: itself. I mean, we could um, spend a oh, whole yeah, um, <laughs> topic uh, attribution certainly, and um, and, and again, I, th- I think that the thing with attribution is is in most cases, most businesses that I see, the only reason they have heated discussions about attribution is it's to, due to recognition and reward, right? So the SEO team wants to take credit for everything. The email team wants to take credit for everything. The, you know, messenger team want to take credit for everything, right? Mm. But there's not been seven sales. It's like one sale. You need to kind of yeah. decide it, it, internally kind of how to kind of proportion that, um, that money.
0: Okay, well, let's move on to the next section, which is the $10,000 question. If I were to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure
1: success? I mean, again, at the moment, obviously with with lockdown, I would say it would be difficult to do, but there are definitely some um, sort of masterminds that I think if I had the opportunity to kind of um, spend 10 grand to go to one of them, I would spend 10 grand to go to a mastermind to get the opportunity to kind of rub shoulders with, um, you know, with people that could kind of really add value. Again, I've read a great book recently called Who Not How, um, which is written by a guy called Dan Sullivan. And... um, And really, that's that's kind of, you know, you have people that come up with a vision and you have people that can then execute that vision. Um, So I think for me, it's really just a case of, you know, again, I think if you could go to a mastermind, you could find an awful lot of hows to kind of get stuff done. So you could kind of have the idea and, and then have people that can kind of implement it for you.
0: And how I mean, I mean, I can certainly understand the value in investing your money in that.
1: But how can you measure the effectiveness of doing that? yeah that that would be that would be kind of probably tougher I, again i think i think some of the the um you know again, a lot of people talk about influencer marketing and it's probably one of the channels that's the least um trackable and again mm. i think i think we're moving into the realms of everything we've had the kind of the halcyon days of everything being able to be tracked at a really granular level mm. and i think what what's obviously happening now is we're moving away from that we're moving into to kind of it's much more about it's kind of you know, more holistic decision making and sort of strategy rather than sort of super granular stuff, right? And um, so I, th- I think for me, it's like, you know, the, the, the how do you actually measure that? It would be um, sort of really driven by the sort of the, the, vision, the vision that you come up with for the business to enable you to kind of grow and, and accelerate it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great answer. You've got to accept that you're never going to be able to track everything. And certainly moving forward, um, you're probably going to be able to track a lot less than you did a couple of years ago because of w- w- what we've just been talking about today. Um, it's, it's well, maybe it's a Bitcoin. I don't know. <laughs> maybe Bitcoin. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe blockchain. Maybe... Whatever the future version of the internet is is going to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's um, finish off the conversation with someone else who deserves it. So that is a
1: magical marketer.
0: Who's an up and coming marketer that you'd like to give a shout out to? What can we learn from them, and where can we find them?
1: So again, I think for me, I'm I'm sort of like talking to you today about iOS 14 and Apple and all this sort of stuff. There's a guy called Eric Sufert, S-E-U-F-E-R-T, um, and he's he's by far and away the guy who I think has got the the best knowledge and, and sort of ideas around kind of where this iOS 14 thing is kind of kicking in. He's, he's a prolific on Twitter. I think he's got um, a, a, a kind of a website, mobiledevmemo.com, I think it is. Um, but again, I've, I've really kind of taken to um, to kind of listening to what he's got to say, uh, because again, I think, you know, there's an awful lot of people with an opinion. I'm just one of them, right? But I think, you know, he's got a much kind of better take in, in, in regards of how, this potentially will impact things down the line.
0: Wonderful. Okay, well, you have been listening to Jim Banks from EliteMediaBuyers.com, who in today's episode of Digital Marketing Radio shared a whole lot of value. Uh, we had a great conversation about iOS 14. Uh, I love the specific tip about making sure your domain name is approved there. And that, that That's something that... Users can do now. Your secret software, Hemingway. Uh, people can find that over at hemingwayapp.com. Next on the list was inlinks.net, um, a great platform there as well from Dixon Jones. And your magic marketer was uh, Mr. Eric Benjamin Seufert. Uh, I will uh, make sure that um, everything that Jim mentioned in the show um, uh, today and more will be listed in the show description over at um, YouTube and, of course, the podcast show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. Jim, What's the best social platform for someone to follow you and to say hi?
1: Um, I would probably suggest Twitter. I'm just at Jim Banks on Twitter. I'm also kind of um, at Jim Banks on Facebook. Like, i have got just got Jim Banks everywhere. Okay, easy enough to find. Apart from that darn Definitely.
0: American senator or politician, there's yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's funny.
1: I, I've been um, kind of like included in an awful lot of his hate hate tweets <laughs> and. Um, he, he and I have got a bit of rapport going because um, I get a bunch of stuff that's really kind of like aimed at him and I just kind of handle it in a in a very sort of uh, diplomatic British way. So <laughs> you, You've got all the handles and uh, um, you yeah. have
0: to compete maybe with Google and them, but uh, that, that, that's fun. Okay. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining us today again. Um, I've been your host, David Bain. You can also find me producing podcasts for BDB brands over at castingcred.com. If you want to watch the next episode live, subscribe on uh, the Digital Marketing Radio uh, YouTube channel. And if you're already listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, tell a friend, it's good to share. Until we meet again, stay hungry, stay foolish, and stay subscribed. Aloha. DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio.com